Good evening. This is a presentation of Movement Radio. Welcome to another edition of The Hauntings Of. And now, here are your hosts, Chip Hazard and Talon Williams. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Hauntings Of right here on Movement Radio. My name is Talon Williams alongside with Chip Hazard. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we will be discussing the hauntings of the state of Vermont. So, Chip, what can we look forward to in today's episode? Well, as you know, Vermont has a rich history of hauntings that could make even the most hardened skeptic rethink their stance on the paranormal. There's, there is just something about New England that seems to lend itself to paranormal activity. So let's take a closer look at some of the most haunted places in the state of Vermont. Absolutely, and we're going to start with Norwich University, and this is in Northfield, uh, Vermont. Now, Norwich University has a number of different ghost stories attached to it involving four different halls on the campus. First of all, there is a legend that there is a boarded-up dorm room in Alumni Hall where a student is said to have hung himself. Several years later, the boy's brother came to the school and was somehow acculated the same the same uh, room. He also hung himself, which is why the room is now boarded up. Students say that you can still hear strange noises coming from inside. At Chapel Hall, I'm sorry, Chaplain Hall, there is said to be the ghost. There's said to be a ghost who, hang, who hangs around the front door. In the past, the hall was used as a library, and there were regular reports of books floating off of the shelves. The other two haunted halls on campus are Ransom Hall and Hawkins Hall, which have similar events occurring inside. Many students have said that they have awoken in the middle of the night to screaming and unable to move or breathe as though something was holding them down. It is not just the halls that are haunted. There is also reports of a female ghost at Sabine, I want to say that's how it's pronounced, Sabine Field, who apparently guards the gates to the football field. Very interesting. Um, what are you thinking right now? Um, a lot of tragedy. Uh, first of all, you had the, the, the one student who, uh, hung himself and then several years later his boy uh or i mean his brother came to the school and somehow got the exact same room that his brother did and then hung himself as well um which is really weird like what about that ha room makes people want to hang themselves in it right uh but it doesn't say much about like the actual hauntings. Like it gave us all this tragedy that had happened, but not really like, so do the, do these spirits roam the halls? Uh, do they, you know, what do they do besides, you know, it, it does say that, you know, some students have, uh, awoke in the middle of the night screaming and they were unable to move or breathe as if something was holding them down. But well, see, that I mean, can be chalked up to sleep paralysis though. I mean, right. sleep, sleep paralysis is a real thing. Yeah, it is. But for it to happen so often, there's a, there, there's a little bit of a 
something else to that, you know, like two or three incidences, maybe. But when they say many students, a many could be a varying number, but even right. then, you know, um, I want to know why the football field's haunted by this one female spirit. Did did she die on the football field in some in an accident maybe, and that's why she guards the gates of the football field? Um, that's you very know. possible. Um, or or did the uh, the football team uh, have something to do with her death? Uh, did they haze and harass her? in some way, you know. Right. Um there's there's a lot to this one that I I question and want to know more about. Right. Definitely something uh that we could look up afterwards, I'm sure. Um but yeah, I mean the, the the one about the brother, um you get the exact same room and you hang yourself the exact same way that your brother did. It's so strange that those incidences coincided like did he know that was his brother's room did he feel a certain did he feel his brother's presence in the room like you know right and maybe maybe he knew that was his brother's room and requested it or something uh i don't know yeah i don't i don't know either it's 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 strange but nevertheless uh so we move on from that one you got the next one Oh, excuse me. Yes, I do. Um, next up is Lake uh, Bomasin. And this okay. is a uh, B-O-M-O-S-E-E-N. Bomasin. Sounds like, sounds like Bomasin, yeah. Yep. Um, and this is in West Castleton, Vermont. So the town of West Castleton on Lake Bomasin has been abandoned since the 1930s. Ooh, that's okay. interesting. Yes, we got First a ghost town. Yeah. Uh, prior to that, it was full of mills and quarries uh, with immigrants coming in from places like Italy, Ireland, Eastern Europe, uh, and areas like that to settle. Um, it was a busy industrial town. However, it is now a ghost town and is said to be extremely haunted. One of the most common tales is that people have seen a ghostly rowboat making its way across the lake towards a tavern on the far side. The oars make no ripples in the water. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, it says that it is believed that this haunting links to a story where some men from West Castleton once rode over to the tavern but never returned home. The next day, the boat was found floating in the lake with no sign of the men anywhere. Oh, wow. So the ghostly boat could be inhabited by the spirits of those men. Who Correct. Would always row. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, I mean, we, I mean, ghost towns are always interesting because it's like, you know, like, do, does nobody live in West Castleton or is it just, is it completely abandoned or are there some people still hanging around or? Right. Well, um, I had looked this up before, uh, in, I'll give you just a brief definition of what a ghost town is. Okay. Uh, so a ghost town is a an abandoned village, town, or city, city 
that usually contains substantial visible remaining buildings and infrastructure such as roads. Uh, a town often becomes a ghost town because the economic activity that supported it has failed or ended for some reason. Uh, the town, mm, yeah. yep, the town could have also declined due to natural or human caused disasters such as floods, prolonged droughts, extreme heat, or extreme cold. Government actions, uncontrolled lawlessness, war, pollution, or nuclear disasters. The term can sometimes refer to cities, towns, and neighborhoods that are still populated, but significantly less than they were previously. For example, those affected by high levels of unemployment and dereliction. Mm-hmm. So... Very, very just places that were like had booming industries at one point and then just didn't have them anymore. So there was no income to the local market or anything like that. Correct. Yeah. uh, By that definition, there seems to be um, a misinterpretation that a ghost town is completely abandoned, but a ghost town can still be populated and people live there just at a far less population than what was there when the industry was booming. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that makes, that makes sense. I mean, but think about this, I mean, if you was just, you know, casually walking down the river banks or something like that, and then you see just a rowboat just passing you by and you look and there's no ripples in the water. You think to yourself, hold on a second. Where the hell does boat come from, and why is the water not? You know what? I'm getting out of here. Fuck this shit. Right. <clears throat> that being said, <clears throat> excuse me. Ah, damn allergies. But anyway, all right. So we're gonna move on to the, from there. We're gonna move on to the University of Vermont, and this is in Burlington, Vermont. Now, the University of Vermont is the largest higher education institute in Vermont. It was established in 1791 and was the fifth university founded across the New England area. The school weapon, excuse me, the school welcomes thousands of students every year, but it seems as though many of them never actually leave. Over the years, many homes were bought and absorbed onto the campus. One of these properties is the Counseling Center, which was once home to Captain John Nabb. The staff say that he is still there and makes himself known by knocking over buckets and slamming doors and windows. Similarly, the nearby public relations building is said to be haunted by its former owner, John E. Booth, who makes various banging noises all over the house. The most haunted house on the campus is said to be the bittersweet house where many people have reported seeing a full-body apparition. It is believed that the ghost there is Margaret Smith, who was widowed at a very young age and spent the rest of her life as a recluse until she died in the house in 1961. Not all the ghosts at the university, however, are former residents. There are few. There are. There is a far more tragic spirit in the Converse uh, residence hall. In 1920, a young med student named Henry committed suicide in the building and they is believed to be still there manifesting himself in the form of poltergeist activity the school is said to be the 
have more haunted buildings on campus than anywhere else in the state of Vermont, making it one of the most haunted places in the state of Vermont. Oh, that's um, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so again, we're going um, again tragedy with this one with the young med student, uh, yeah, the young med student uh, committing suicide, and then people say that he's he manifests himself as a poltergeist. Um, uh, and yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot. I mean, they, they named a lot of different places. I mean, the, you know, there's many houses. The counseling center is, is haunted by John Nab. The public relations building is haunted by John Booth. Um, the bittersweet house, you see a full body apparition. Up, no, said to be Margaret Smith. Go ahead, John Booth. Is that the same John, like John Wilkes Booth? No, it's John E. Yeah. Booth. Okay. I think John. Yeah, John. Oh, Wilkes okay, Booth. I see. Yeah, yeah. John Wilkes Booth would make it a little bit more of an interesting story, but, mm. but, yeah. So what what are you thinking so far? Uh, so I find it interesting that that they say that this school, uh, the University of Vermont, has more haunted buildings on its campus than anywhere else in the state of Vermont. I find that interesting in itself. So right. if that is, if that is actually true, then this has to be the most haunted place in the entire state of Vermont. Right. Um, so uh, the, the, the one that really struck me though, uh, aside from that tidbit was the, uh, the med student named Henry. Yep. Um, that apparently, is manifesting himself in the foam form of a poltergeist. Uh, so he killed himself, yet he's now a poltergeist that's going to destroy everything. Like it, th that's interesting. Yeah, very. Um, I mean, and then there's, you know, again, I mean, fought with tragedy in this one, obviously the med school student, but Margaret Smith, who was widowed at a very young age and spent the rest of her life as a recluse until she died in the house in 1961. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, you know, if they lose, you know, a husband, a wife or any family member at a very young age, I mean, it does, it does people, it affects people different ways. Some people, you know, you know, it, it, it turns people into recluses. It turns people against their, you know the rest of their family they 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 become loners they become like you know you know fuck the world and everything else in it um and then some people rise above and try to make the best of the situation you know um so yeah i mean this you know this woman definitely at a young age being widowed you know thought she was going to spend the rest of her life with her husband and and then her husband sadly you know was taken away from her and she basically you know became it says recluse basically she became a loner she didn't want nothing to do with anybody you know she lived her life the best way she could you know and you know it it, it it's it's more of a heartbreaking story than it is anything yeah very very heartbreaking yeah so that being said let's move on to the next one you got it I do. Next, we're going to talk about a place called Emily's Bridge, and this is in Stowe, Vermont. 
so the town of Stowe is best known for its mountain resort and for the Trapp Family Lodge, where one of the Von Trapp children uh, from The Sound of Music settled after escaping Europe. Uh, if you haven't seen the the movie The Sound of Music, it's it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, however, it is neither one, it is neither of these things that attract fans of the paranormal. These types of visitors are more interested in Goldbrook Bridge or Emily's Bridge as it is more commonly known. It is said to be one of the most haunted locations in Vermont. Haunted by the spirit of a broken-hearted woman named Emily, hence the name. Emily's Bridge, um, yeah. Yeah, there is no concrete record of the exact circumstances surrounding how Emily died, but the most common theory uh, are that she drove off of the bridge in her carriage or hung herself from the bridge itself. However, mm -hmm. the cause of her death, or whatever the cause of her death was, it is said that visitors to the bridge get scratches on their cars and even report being grabbed or scratched themselves. Um, <laughs> yeah, no thank you. Nope. Uh, the spirit seems to be particularly hostile to males crossing the bridge, which may say many say is due to the fact that Emily killed herself after being jilted by her true love. Mm. That would explain her anger and vitriol toward male passerbys. Um, exactly. You know. Um, yeah, this one. This one's very. I mean, we, the broken-hearted woman. Um, and it says there's no con like like they said. There's just there's no concrete record of her of her death. <clears throat> you know, which driving over the carriage. I mean, you know, driving off of the bridge in her carriage. Uh, you assume you know if you're driving off the bridge. I mean. That one doesn't seem to because I mean, if we're thinking carriage, like horse and buggy carriage, is that what they're thinking? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I highly doubt a horse would, you know, be like, nah, I'm not, mm -mm, I ain't, I ain't killing myself because you sad, you know. Um, then again, I don't think, I, don't, I mean, even if you're like, like, like hitting the horses as hard as you can with crop or whatever, like I, I, I doubt though they would want to go over because the carriage thing is kind of more uh, but her hanging herself from the bridge is more of a plausible uh ma manner of death than the carriage would be um yeah but e but even then you know you see people you know they drive and they see the scratches on the car being reported about being grabbed and you know scratched themselves i mean i don't plan on getting out of the damn car so, you know, I, I'm the, I'm, you know, I mean, you scratch my car up and it's like, well, you know what? At least my face didn't get scratched up or anything. Right. Right. It's, uh, I don't know. This one, this one's, a. it, 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 when they say, oh, you know, you know, she, you know, killed herself after being jilted by a jealous lover. That makes the most sense that she'd go to the bridge and, you know, hang herself. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of suicide going on in Vermont. That is, it's, it's like, what is it about the state of Vermont that makes people want to kill themselves? I don't know. Oh, uh, I mean, is so it strange. the suicide capital of the nation? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think it's San Francisco now because there's a lot of people who, um, if you ever seen the documentary The Bridge, it talks about, um, it talks about suicide of uh, people who, like, twenty three out of twenty four people, uh, commit suicide off the Golden Gate Bridge, um, like every year or something like that, um. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting uh, documentary. I don't recommend it uh, to people who are, you know, I don't recommend it to anybody who if if, if you like faint of heart because it does. It shows like actual people. It shows people actually jumping from the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, and really? It's, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, not not the full ride all the way down, but I mean, from from what I understand after watching this stuff, is that the guy who directed the movie. Um, didn't even intend for it to be what it was. He was actually just doing like a, a piece of on the Golden Gate Bridge, and then that's when he accidentally recorded somebody killing themselves, and then it 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 turned into what it turned into. The documentary did. It's it's considered one of the most controversial documentaries because it's so based around you know suicide and things of that nature. Right. Um. But yeah. But it's on. I think it's on Netflix. I want to say Netflix or Hulu. It's one of them. Uh, right. Anyway, that being said, though, uh, let's move on to the very next one, um, and this one is called Brattleboro. I want to say that's how it's pronounced. Brattleboro Retreat Tower, and this is in Brattleboro, Vermont. Initially, the Brattleboro uh, re- uh, Retreat Tower was known as the Vermont Asylum for the Criminally Insane when it was founded in 1834. It is still in use as a treatment center for mental uh, health patients. There are now 58 buildings scattered over 1,000 acres of land. Only 20 of these buildings are modern, and the remainder were built between 1838 and 1938. Oh, wow. So only only 20 of these buildings were were, uh, structured and built within the last they say modern so i'm going to assume within the last 40 to 50 years i'm going to assume i I would assume Um, that yeah one particular building retreat tower is now abandoned and closed off but it is it was built around 1887 by patients of the asylum at the time it was believed that physical labor would improve their mental health however shortly after it was built it had to be closed because a large number of patients jumped to their death it is said, wow. Yeah, now it is said to be one of the most haunted buildings in Vermont, and people have often reported seeing figures jumping from the tower but vanishing before hitting the ground. All right, so this is the second haunting in a row where we talk about somebody jumping off something and then vanishing. Well, I, I was going to say yeah because uh, two weeks ago when we talked about Utah, um, there was the person that would like jump off the the mountain side yeah and right before they hit they would just vanish right yeah this one's it, it like it, it almost as if like they had an idea behind the building like you know physical labor you know could improve your mental health if you have a goal and you can focus on the goal and things of that nature it can give you you know purpose and give you meaning and things of that nature and can help you build toward maybe you learn a trade and maybe you know you can apply that trade to your everyday life and you can 
you know, make, make a little bit of money, you know, possibly have a good career. Like, in theory, it sounds, you know, simple. And in theory, it sounds, you know, like a pretty cool idea. Right. Until you realize that they build this big-ass tower and they just flung themselves off of it. Like, holy shit. Yeah, like, that makes no sense. Like, why... I, I'm I'm still trying to figure out like why the the patients just jumped to their death. Yeah. Like, w- did they just really hate this? Um, uh, what this retreat? Uh, or or this asylum? I guess it's not really a retreat. Uh, right. Was it really that bad? They were like, "Shit, I'd just rather." die than to uh be here any longer right or is there something more to this is there uh excuse me is there a um like a poltergeist or something that's uh right almost as if like it's encouraging encouraging them almost right like is it taking over their body and like making them climb up and jump off and you know is it one at a time or are they like is this like a suicide pact where you know they're climbing up the tower and you know 10 or 15 of them are jumping off holding arms or whatnot together you right, know what i mean yeah like a weird like a weird fucking like jim jones cult or something you know just, right you know I, I i don't know i don't really get that like i don't because it, it never said like all together it just said a because of a large number of patients who jumped to their death, it didn't say whether or not they did it at the same time or if they did it, you know, over the course of the years. Because they don't, they don't really give like a set time frame. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's this one's different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, seeing the figures, you, you like like oh my god, somebody just jumped, and you like go over there to see, and it's like. Okay, where do they go? You know, like right. I know, I know, ain't nobody base jumping. You know, I didn't see no parachute open. You know what I mean? So, definitely something people look out for. Um, that being said, though, let's uh, move on to the next one. You got it? I do. Next up, we're going to talk about the Vermont Police Academy, and this is in Pittsford, not Pittsburgh, Pittsford, Vermont. Um, so the Vermont Police Academy was formerly a state hospital for tuberculosis patients, and it is apparently still haunted by one of the nurses who worked there. The name of the nurse was Mary, and she contracted tuberculosis while working there. Mm. Um, and it says that the old call buttons are still in the recruits room, and if they are pushed, then the ghost of Nurse Mary will stop by to check on them during the night. Well, at least we know she's not an evil spirit. She's at least still performing her nursely duties. Exactly. In a sense. So, yeah. Um, the fact that, I mean, I mean, it's a police academy now. Um, I mean, formerly it's a state hospital. Um, yeah, because tuberculosis was at one point just a horrible, horrible disease. Um, you know, and then Luckily, you know, people had treatment for it and things of that nature now. Right. Um, people still get it. It's just not as bad. Right. 
not as bad as it you know once was right um that being said though yeah i mean it was i mean but for this woman this nurse to still you know like the old call buttons still are still in the recruit room you know here's my question who's who's brave enough to push these buttons to see if nurse mary will come and you know would it be like would it be like you know um you press you know because piper was just my, my, my daughter piper was uh just in the hospital this past week, um, you know, still recuperating from a couple of um, because she has a reactive airway disease, aka baby asthma. Um, so she was she had to go back. We didn't have to stay four days this time, praise God. Um, but they just they kept her overnight for observation just to check on her, make sure she was okay and stuff like that. And she constantly would because you know they have those little ro- those little uh, remotes that's connected to the to the wall that you would, right. where you hear up she would constantly hit the hit the nurse's button and they'd be like can i help you and it's like sorry 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 you know um so I know some nurses come in and they're like you know like don't hit the button if unless you need unless you absolutely positively need it you know but maybe maybe nurse mary here would be like oh i love you know checking on people making sure they're okay you know and the problem is if you say for whatever reason you're there you hit the button and you just wait, you know, then all of a sudden you see an apparition in front of you. I mean, whether or not it's there to, you know, whether it's to hurt you or to be friendly to you, I mean, you're still going to freak out a little bit if you saw something manifest in front of you, you know? Right. Yeah. Insane. But that being said, um, let's move on to the very next one, and this one is called Marble Inn. And this is in Fairhaven, Vermont. Now, Marble Inn is said to be one of the most haunted places in Vermont. It is said to be haunted by a number of different ghosts, including one former owner who died in the inn. Guests have woken in the middle of the night and see him dressed in a gray suit standing over the bed. There is also reports of a young woman who haunts the basement and a couple of children, son of a bitch, who run around (laughs) the halls. Now, unfortunately, this is all the information that we have for this particular entry on the list. But thanks to the magic of Google, I'm going to look up Marble Inn. Actually, I need to put I need to put the space between the E and the I. Marble, yeah, Marble Inn in Fairhaven, Vermont. It's actually called the Marble Mansion Inn now, um, and uh, it's uh, it looks pretty nice. If you know. Um, now it doesn't say anything about the hauntings. I mean, obviously you wouldn't want to put that on your, uh, uh, obviously you want to, wouldn't want to put that on your, uh, resume. if you, uh, you're trying to attract people to come in, um, I guess, I mean, to give you a little bit of history about it, um, it stands on 1.78 acres, uh, on the green of Fairhaven, Vermont, and it is a 22, uh, room, 6,400 square foot French Second Empire Mansion, complete with Manstered Roof, Belvedere, and Poor Coche. I guess that's how it's pronounced. Uh, <laughs> built, yeah, I don't know. I'm not French. Uh, the big marble house was built in 1867 by the Honorable Era C. Allen, a prominent businessman of the Fairhaven community, born in Bristol, Vermont, in 1816. Allen was the grandson of the cousin of the American Revolutionary War patriot, Ethan Allen. 
He was married to Mary E. Richardson, daughter of C. Richardson of Javina, New York, in 1855, and they had four children, Charles, Era, Jesse, and Francis. Um, let's see. They, it, let's see. It said in 1866, uh, Ira bought the property from Judge William Kittridge, who had the house on the property. The house was removed to another site. Moving houses was common was common back in those days because it was cheaper. It was cheaper to move a house than it was to build a brand new one or buying one. Uh, the house was placed on rollers and was horsed pulled and as horses pulled it around on rollers and moved it from front to back. The marble came from Proctor. Um, and according to the story, each piece of marble was numbered and laid on the lawn for quite some time before it was before this before construction was ever used. Um, so, yeah, it says the mansion changed hands a number of times from 1975 to 2009, both being both a private residence and an inn. So there is your uh, there's your history on that. However. I don't really see anything about the hauntings of this place. Um, maybe if I scroll down a little bit more, I'm not finding any other thing. Hold on a second. Let me let me add the word hauntings onto the end of this, and we could possibly have. Um, okay, this is weird. This is a trip advisor. Uh, <laughs> Let's see, it just says stay put. Yeah, I can't find anything else on, uh, I can't find any, any other, uh, uh, any other thing about it. Uh, see, this took, this took me back to a different thing. Nah, I can't find anything else on it. Apparently, this is the only, uh, stories I got. What about, what are you thinking right now? Uh, I don't this one is just a little, I don't know. You, you know what I mean? It, it's one right. of those. Um, I, I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, I had went to tripadvisor.com and they have Marble Mansion Inn as one of the places that you can stay. And you can actually get it from hotels.com for $148 a night. Um, but free cancellation. So there you go. Oh, um, okay. but the report was given, this was a gentleman named Douglas from Charleston, South Carolina, who writes the following based on the extraordinary high rating for the mar for the marble mansion. We eagerly anticipated our visit to the property. We booked a one night stay in June of 2016 to to say we were disappointed in both the property and the service is an understatement. Our experience was so different than was written about the ratings on the ratings website. We thought we must be talking about two different places. This house was clearly a fine mansion in its day. Unfortunately, it is in a sad state of disrepair. It appears more like a haunted mansion with paint peeling, wood rotting, and stained marble on the outside. Inside was better with a beautiful albeit dusty, re uh, reception area. Our room was the last room on the third floor, so it may be representative of the other rooms. We would judge it barely uh, suitable for occupancy. It was a tiny, dark room with totally inadequate lighting. The room was effectively 
design, ineffectively designed and the space was poorly used. The bathroom was small and also in need of renovation. The, the, lam, the, the laminated floor was old and curling with no baseboards. The tiny shower was a cheap fiberglass unit. There was no light above the mirrors and no shelving available. We would encourage the innkeepers to walk through the room with quote-unquote new eyes and ask themselves what a guest would want and, experience, want and expect for this type of experience. There were so many things that could be done to make this room more comfortable and inviting. This guy had a lot of damn time on his hands. Now, now we get to breakfast. The only hot dish available was the egg souffle that had grown cold by the time it had arrived. There were no meat, no waffles, and no Vermont uh, maple syrup. The bread offering was mini bagels, croissants, English muffins that obviously did not come from a special bakery, but from the local grocery store. The English muffins were moldy, by the way. We were halfway through breakfast before coffee was available. There was no one in the reception desk for checkout, so we didn't get a receipt for our stay. The only reason we give to give it a two-star rating instead of a one is because the linings were good, or the, or the linens were good, and we did have hot water. But we do not recommend you staying on this property. Good Lord. So this guy had a very bad experience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and but but you know, you want to know the interesting thing? What's that? They actually re- the owners responded back to the gentleman, okay? What they and say, they said, I won't go into answering the same criticism, but suffice it said, these guests were in the same party as two other two star reviews on, on July 11th from Liz Tudor. Apparently, you expected the Wolford Gourmet Breakfast for $85. You are quite right, though there are many things that we need to improve in our rooms. However, since people have said the room was wonderful, we decided to leave the room as is. Okay, so not say, hey, you know, we apologize. We will try to do better next time. It's just, hey, people like it, so if you don't like it, it's your problem. Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) most passive aggressive bullshit i've ever ever heard uh yeah very much so yeah so we're if we if we ever go to vermont i'm not staying at this place you will get a rude ass you know a rude ass owner and you know horrible service not to mention a damn guy in a gray suit gonna be standing over me nope i'm good i don't need the ghost kids running through the hallway either i can't do that either but anyway, all right, so we move on from there. You got the next one, Bubba? I do. We're going to talk about the Shelburne Museum, and this is in Shelburne, Vermont. Uh, so the Shelburne Museum covers 45 acres, and rather than being a single building, it is a vast complex that is made up of 39 historic buildings most of which were relocated there from other locations. Um, It is a rare glimpse of New England's history, and there is an impressive collection of rare works of art and antique dolls. It is also said to be one of the most haunted places in Vermont. One building, which seems to be something of a focal point for the paranormal activity, is the Dutton House 
which was originally built in 1782 and mu- moved to the museum uh, in 1950. Lots of the museum employees have had strange things happen to them in this house, including seeing, excuse me, including seeing apparitions of an old man and hearing a child crying in the shadows. During off-season, many of the maintenance staff have gotten a scare and said that there are odd noises that come from the empty building. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, the damn crying kid, man. Right? There's that. What I do find uh, interesting about this, uh, aside from any amount of paranormal activity that it may or may not have, is that so when you think of a museum, you think of a singular building. Uh, and this is actually 39 buildings that were located elsewhere. And they uprooted the buildings and transported them to this 45-acre piece of land and turned the entire piece of land into the museum. So you go from kind of from building to building uh, seeing different things. Right. Uh, I, I find that more interesting than the uh, the supposed paranormal activity. Yeah. And, and interesting is when they talked about the Dutton house, I mean, we just talked about it a little bit ago um, where it was, they said it was cheaper to actually move houses than it is to buy a house or build a house. Um, when it said that the original property was built in, or the original building was built in 1782, but then was moved to the museum in 1950, you know. So my question is, did the hauntings begin before the move, or did the hauntings start after the move? Right. That's something. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, if you, I mean, if you look at the, I mean, it looks like a just a normal, you know, circled. Very different. It looks almost like a like a tower that's been like chopped in half or something. You know what I mean? It looks it, it, like a circular building, like not really anything like a normal what a normal museum would look like. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, like big, you know, <laughs> cathedral like looking, you know, stuff. You know. Um, yeah, it, it kind of looks like one of those um, uh, those grain silos. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does. And if anybody wants to check out what this uh, building looks like, Chip, where can they go check it out? Uh, you can go check it out at hauntedrooms.com. We're not sponsored. We hope to be one day. Absolutely. Shout out to Haunted Rooms America for uh, providing us with our content for us today. Um, but yeah, but then you think about you know, the apparatus of the old man and hearing the child crying is the old man seeking the child that's crying in the shadows? You know, um, does I mean, cause obviously, you know, you hear a child cry, you know, my, like my fatherly instincts kick in and I want to know if the kid's okay, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah. Definitely, you know, but anyway, all right. So we're going to move on from that one to the next one. This is the Equinox Golf Resort and Spa, and this is in Manchester, Vermont. Now, the Equinox Golf Resort and Spa is said to be haunted by... Okay, hold on. (laughs) The Equinox Golf Resort and Spa 
is said to be haunted by Abraham Lincoln's wife, Mary Todd Lincoln. The okay. resort the resort was built in 1769, and she is said to have visited the hotel in 1865. Several people have reported seeing her apparition appearing and quickly vanishing again, sometimes with one of her children in tow. Okay. So that's really the only big like claim to fame that this um resort or anything like has is that Mary Mary Todd um matter of fact, hold on a second, I'm gonna look something up real quick. See Mary All right. Mary Todd Lincoln, okay. Yes. Um says here that I'm trying to find what it said here. Yeah, she passed away in uh, April 15th, 1865. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She was first lady April 15th, 1865. Uh, she died actually in 1882. Um, okay. Doesn't really say. Let me go through here. Yeah, she died of a stroke in 1882 at the age of 63. Um, look through and see in popular and seeing pop culture um doesn't really show anything about yeah, it doesn't really show anything about um a haunting anything which i mean you wikipedia probably wouldn't have that information um so i'm gonna put type in see this haunting um, it's, this is, this is, is white horse ghost. Um, no, I'm not, I don't want Abraham Lincoln's ghost. I want Mary Todd Lincoln's ghost. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not giving me any information, unfortunately, unless you found something. Uh, no, I did not. No. Yeah. So, so what are you thinking right here, Bill? Uh, so I do find it kind of interesting that, that they would say Mary Todd Lincoln's uh, ghost is, is hmm. the one that haunts this place. Like you are very specific with this one particular thing, right? I mean, do you? I mean, like, did you see her apparat? Like, did you see her apparition? And this is quickly vanishing. But like, do you know that that's her, or could it right. be just you know? I don't know. It's. This one's, I mean, it's interesting because of the historic significance, because it is Lincoln's wife. Um, but I don't know. I, I kind of want more. Like, I kind of want more, you know, like, how is she seen? When is she seen? Is there a certain time that she comes around, you know? Because uh, of the, the picture that they provide for us, it looks like, you know, a normal resort and it looks like there's a, a church or a cathedral on the far end, um, which I don't know if that's part of the resort or whatever. Um, but yeah. Right. Yeah. But nevertheless, all right. So we move on from the equinox to the last one we're going to be talking about for today. Uh, you got it, Bubba? I do. The last thing we're going to talk about is the Hartness house Inn, and this is in Springfield, Vermont. Uh, so James Hartness was not only a builder, but also an inventor. And he built a labyrinth of underground tunnels under his home in which he would be able to work. That's interesting. I yeah. want to go. 
<laughs> I I want to go just to see the um the labyrinth of underground tunnels. Right. Um so it says that the tunnels included an underground library, a workshop, a study, a lounge, and a bathroom. There you go. Okay. I, I like this already. <laughs> right. Um some say that Mr. Harkness is still down there inventing things even after his death since there are a number of odd things going on in the house things disappear only to show up elsewhere and the electricity goes on and off for no apparent reason hmm dum 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 yeah uh i I need more i need more let's see if we can look him see if we can look up james Hartness. You got it or you want me to? Okay, here we go. James Hartness, uh, born September 3rd, 1861, died February 2nd of 1934, was an American inventor, a mechanical engineer, an entrepreneur, an amateur astronomer, and politician who served as the 58th governor of Vermont from 1921 to 1923. Okay, so he had some uh, he had some uh, political you know things going on. He was actually born in New York, uh, one of three sons. Moved to Cleveland, Ohio in 1863, uh, where his father was a foreman in local machine shops, and Hartness attended public school. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to look at his entrepreneurship. Um, see, at the age of 21, he became a foreman for the Whistling Norway Bolt Company in uh, Winston, Connecticut. In 1886, he moved to uh, Torrington, Connecticut to work as a toolmaker and foreman of the Union Hardware Company. Uh, it gives a whole lot of different things. Um, it says here that he mentored, he said he mentored entrepreneurs. Um, uh, Edwin R. Fellows, who eventually ended up making Fellows Gear Sharpeners. Um, a couple of other ones. Um, uh, his affiliations, he was an active member of the following, I mean, the, uh, the American Society of uh, Me- Me- Mechanical Engineers, the Society of Automotive Engineers, uh, the American Association for the Advancement of Science, uh, the American Astronomical uh, Society, Aero Club of America, um, he was prominent in aviation. He flew his first plane in Germany in 1913 in the in a hydrogen-filled air, airship uh, designed by uh, Ferdinand von Zeppelin. Um, yeah. And it says he was governor. Uh, he, he was just a one-term governor um, elected in 1920, served from 21 to 23. He campaigned on the issues of enticing Vermonters to stay in state rather than seek employment elsewhere. He also promised an improved transportation system and more manufacturing to su- and to supplement the traditional agricultural economy. Uh, he won the election by a wider margin in the state than Warring Hardy. Huh. Yeah, who carried Vermont in the presidential race that year. Huh. So there you go. Um... So yeah, man had definitely had an interesting uh, life. Um, it did talk about his 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 entrepreneurship and things of that nature. Um, he you know definitely had a lot of uh, good. See, and th- these are the type. These are the, these are the ones that I like. These are the ones that I like to um, 
read about and stuff because there's a, there's a history behind it, you know? Um, right. So with, with all these different things, things disappear only to show up elsewhere. Maybe he's still around saying like, I still have work to do. I still have these things that I need to do or whatever. Um, no, how, how, you know, how, how are you feeling about this one? Uh, I, I mean, I, I want to know more and I've looked at a couple of different sites and all they say it's it's the same thing. Um, now, this one site I'm looking at it's um, onlyinyourstate.com. They have some really really nice pictures of the uh, Hartness House in here. Um, man, I, I really want to go to this place. Just <laughs> right? To see. Yeah, I mean it's it's on 35 acres, and I mean it has a bar in it that you can you know sit down and eat at uh the stairs look they they look very reminiscent of something you would see in like harry potter okay um yeah so uh and it wasn't turned into an inn until 2004 oh okay so you know fairly recently yeah um but I, I just can't find anything else um, about it, like about the hauntings of this particular place. Yeah. Uh, there is a TripAdvisor review here, um, and it, it's from February of 2018. And it says, first of all, I would like to say that the Hartness House... Uh, is beautiful it's filled with gorgeous antiques and the staff are wonderful we stayed there last weekend for my fiance's 55th birthday we were booked in the Lindbergh room which is very spacious jen was wonderful and put a bottle of prosecco in our room upon arrival uh, we arrived around 8 p.m and had a wonderful dinner and drinks at the tavern the bartender was very friendly, made a great dinner recommendations. We went to our room around 10 p.m. not knowing the events that would transpire over the next two evenings. At around 1 a.m., we both woke to the antique rocking chair rocking loudly back and forth. A few minutes later, the faucet under the bathroom sink started running. Uh, and I'm not talking about a few drips. The water was pouring. My fiancé reluctantly got out of bed and turned it off. Needless to say, I was terrified and didn't sleep well the rest of the night. The next day, we tried to think of reasons these things could have happened because uh, I've never believed in ghosts. We had a really nice breakfast uh, and the next morning went out to explore the nearby local town. We came back around 2 p.m. and the maid had cleaned our room. We changed to go out snowshoeing. And when we returned, our suitcases had been switched around in the room. We both noticed and decided maybe the maid had come back in the room and it didn't make sense why she would move our suitcases. However, um, we did the tunnel tour on Saturday evening, which was interesting and fun, and decided to have dinner again at the tavern. Lisa was tending the bar. We started talking with her and told her what happened the night before. She said another couple stays in the Lindbergh room a few times a year and strange things happen to them uh, with their bedding. So once again, we go to bed and we're woken in the middle of the night by static 
and voices coming out of my fiance's phone. When we went to bed, his phone was on the bedside table. When we awoke to the noise coming out of his phone, it was in my suitcase. Uh, we both laid there for a minute trying to comprehend what was happening, and then the rocking chair started to rock again. I turned to the right, and the closet door was wide open, and yes, it had been completely shut when we went to bed. John got out of bed to retrieve his phone from my suitcase, and the noise stopped, but his phone remained lit up. I laid there most of the night waiting for morning and hoping nothing else would happen. Needless to say, this made me made for a very memorable birthday weekend. I would say so. Yes. Uh, now, the Hartness House responded to this and said, Thank you for reaching out to us. Being a historic building of over 100 years, there are some quirks that have been brought to our attention, such as your experience. We're happy you enjoyed your stay. And we're happy you enjoyed our staff and your stay otherwise. We're hoping you'll come back and stay with us in a different room or a different part of the inn. It was great having you here. Once again, I'm sorry about your haunted happenings. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I, I find that interesting that they would even respond and, and even mention that it, it's possible that it was haunted. Right. It's interesting so. from that standpoint, but you know, like what you said, I mean, the man in the man, the particular person who said, you know, like, you know they're not fans of ghosts or they're, they're, they're not a believer in the paranormal. Um, and then for whatever reason, like these things happen and you try to rationalize it and you try to explain it. And there's no, there's no rational explanation that you can give other than just this shit happen. Why is it happening? I, I don't know. You know, right. Which makes, which makes you want to think, which, which makes you say to yourself, like, okay, it, are these people just playing joke? Are these, are these ghosts just trying to have fun or what exactly is the deal with this? You know, cause surely, I mean, it's not anything malice or anything malevolent going on. You don't think, cause it's, it's nothing like they're, they're being hurt or anything. Right. Right. So that being said, after listen, after all the ones that we've talked about tonight, which one did you find the most interesting? Okay, so the Hartness House Inn is very interesting. Yes. Uh, because of the the labyrinth of tunnels underneath the inn, I definitely would love to go there. Right. Um, I, I think the the Equinox Golf Resort and Spa is interesting um, just for the simple fact that they, I mean, they are very adamant that they believe that Mary Todd Lincoln um, is haunting this place, but right. it doesn't give any reason why she would be haunting it. Right. Um, the Shelburne Museum I found interesting because, you know, they moved 39 historic buildings onto this 45 acre plot of land to turn those buildings into a museum. Right. Um, and there was one more. What? Which one was it? Uh, it was um, Emily's Bridge. I thought that one was pretty interesting. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, that one. I throw also um, Brattleboro uh, Resort Tower was another one that was interesting. Um, just from the standpoint that you you spend all this time and energy building this tower, just so you can fling yourself off of it. Like that definitely was more. That uh, it's more about the mental illness of more of people. Like like. I don't know. It, it, it's strange. But yeah, but also, I mean, yeah, definitely um, the Shelburne Museum, the uh, the Equinox uh, Golf Resort, the the Hartness House, definitely uh, one that's interesting. I don't know if I'll, if I, if I go, I don't know if I'd stay in the Lindbergh room, but I definitely would want to check this place out, actually. Right. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the very next episode of The Hauntings of, we are going to be discussing, is it Virginia, if I'm not mistaken? It I want to say it is very Virginia. much is. All right. Virginia. And that should be a very interesting one. Um, a lot of cool things to talk about there. Um, but yeah. We are getting down to the wire when it comes to these hauntings. We literally have, God, I don't know how many we got left. We got one, two, three, four, five, six left, I want to say. Or no, we already did Washington, D.C., didn't we? Yes. Okay, yeah, so we already did Washington, D.C. So that being said, we just did Vermont, so we got, let's see, Virginia, Washington State, uh, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming, and then that's it. <laughs> we are we're done with the series. So yeah, so we got five more episodes left to go of the Hauntings of. Um, definitely been one of our biggest series. Uh, it's the series that you guys demanded. It's the one you asked for, and. Uh, yeah, we're happy to bring it to you guys. It's been a very fun. I've learned a lot over the course of the the, the almost almost two years that we've been uh, talking about haunted places. Um, that being said, though, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you guys in two weeks for the hauntings of Virginia. Chip, anything you want to say before we get out of here tonight? Um, as always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one stop shop for all things movement radio. Absolutely. Shout out to Sean Thompson and Thompson Personal Training. $40 a session. You can't beat it. Uh, boxing, strength and conditioning, cardio, uh, yoga. You got it. If you want it, he's got it. He'll help you get in the best shape of your life. Uh, Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversation Podcast. Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network. Twitch.tv slash Unleashed Demon. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for just tuning into this episode. Uh, we love you guys. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of The Hauntings Up. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like. I'm sorry. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And once again, check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.